This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 164 of the Laravel News Podcast. We're super glad to be back on the show. It has been a long week. It has been a really long week, super busy. And um, so what better way to spend our Saturday night than jumping on a podcast and talking about some Laravel stuff, right? Michael, yeah. I know it's been a busy week for you too, but for yeah. different reasons. Um, you've got a you've got a teething nineteen month old. Yeah. I think. yeah, she's teething. She's she's um. I don't know. It's like some combination of teething and I don't know. Maybe, just give her rum. Yeah, right. Is that what they say? Put rub, rub rum on I was her. Tempted. Or I was yeah. tempted last night. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like four she's nights in a row. Like, so she's kind she's of like anything like her dad. Yeah, she's gonna love that. I'm stuff. gonna love the rum. Um, <laughs> wait, you you mean give it to her or give it to me? Oh, I mean, give it, yeah, yeah, both, <laughs> both, both and is both. a good idea. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it, it's like a combination of teething, and they're like the the canines, so the sharp ones. Ah, uh, yes, the sharpies. The Liv is is like her older brother was, where that like when the the te- teeth come through, it's like all of them come at once, not scattered. And mm. I'm not sure if like doing over four consecutive weeks or whatever is better or worse than having all the teeth come at once. Um, but it's, it's just like you been can like, endure one week of extreme misery. Mm. Or four weeks of Drawn almost extreme misery, pain yeah. and suffering, yeah, less extreme misery, yeah, yeah, right, right. And I think she's got like yeah. some combination of teething and then maybe night terrors because the last three nights, four nights, she's woken up and like she wants nothing to do with me. If if Ray hands me live, she's like, I'm out. I need you to take her. She just screams and she like arches yeah. her back and flies backwards and. And it's not. I'll take her for a ride in that Tesla, man. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. No. So, no Tesla yet, right? No Tesla yet. No. yet. Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a challenging few nights and just like, and then we had the daylight saving um, spring yes. back. No, uh, fall, fall back fall last back? night. Yeah. Fall back. Yep. We fell yep. back. So, and then Eli woke up at like, I don't know, six o'clock. Well, it was earlier than that. And he's like, my tummy hurts. I'm hungry. I'm like, that's because you didn't eat dinner last night. <laughs> and so he we wakes know up that so, game well yeah so he woke up and he's like my yeah. tummy hurts i need you know so then he had two bowls of cereal and then he went back to bed good man for like 20 good minutes man. and then yes so i brought him out to the landroom i said you sit there and you watch the ipad i'm going over there to sleep for some for another i, I managed to get another hour and a half two hours which was okay so and he's That's he's my kind of dude he's old enough up now in the middle of the night eating of two bowls of cereal mm-hmm. yeah I'm all about so, that. He's good. He's he kind of can sit there by himself and just go about his business. I, I woke up at one point and he like jumped up off the couch. So we've he's potty trained now. So he's just jumped off the couch. He's like pulling his pants down and just sitting on the potty. He's like, Dad, he's I need a sticker. Okay, no worries. <laughs> so yeah, we give him a sticker every time Dad, he does. My sticker and, chart. And yeah, put it on the sticker chart. And then if he gets, uh, it was five stickers, but we're up to 10 stickers now because he was just churning through it before. So 10 stickers and he gets like a little matchbox car. So. There you go. It's nice. going well. And his sister now, because she's seen him do it, because he's Hashtag doing it in the landroom, like, goals. She, she's kind of got it backwards where she'll take her shirt off and then sit on the potty backwards. Mm. <laughs> so she knows she yeah, needs she's to take one there. item of clothing <laughs> off and she needs to sit, but it's just 
yeah, she's a little bit backwards on that. So anyway, no, hilarious. people complain when Dude, we talk about hilarious. our lives too much. So they do. Yes. And and so and also we were gonna keep this one tight. So mm. we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. We are after having after we've talked about all this stuff, we're gonna jump into it. So we actually don't have a blog post to talk about Laravel 96, but it did get released. So mm. Michael is going to jump through the change log oh, in GitHub, which is actually, by the way, folks, really comprehensive and really well done. Mm-hmm. Um so if you ever need to do that, check them out on GitHub. They're they're really great. Yeah, Tatiana, okay. I think, is responsible for yes. keeping that up. I to couldn't date. remember her first name. Mm-hmm. I knew it was oh there it is. Yep, Tatiana. Yep. So Blin Daruk. Yep. Great, great work for Tatiana. She's always keeping it up. In, Absolutely. In, you know, and you know, in spite of everything going on, she still managed to keep on top of it. So good on you. But the first first thing that we've got here in Laravel 9.6 now, as, as Jake said, we've got no post about this. So I'm just going to wing it going through the change log and the things that look interesting to me. So the first one here, there's two two separate pull requests that all contribute to the same thing from Francisco Madeira. And these relate to the new schedule list command that was added in Laravel 9, which has been beautifully redesigned to look a lot like the route list. So the first of these two changes was to show closure locations on the schedule list. So previously, if you had a closure command in your task scheduler, it would just say some command. It wouldn't have the the command. It wouldn't say any reference to it whatsoever. It would just say it was next due whenever it was next due and it would show the cron expression. So this one will now say that there is a closure tied to this and it will show you the line number inside your console kernel where it has been defined or wherever it's been defined in the in the closure, uh, sorry, in the task scheduler. So that's the first one. The second one is a similar change, which will show the job class name instead of just saying a closure that was defined in the in the file there. So this was this is like kind of the same as before, where where we got to with the closure now shows the line number. This was previously showing the line number, whereas now it shows the actual job class name. So uh well done to Francisco for adding those two things in there. I think we spoke about this on the last episode. The the schedule list that exists in the framework kind of came from the the one that we had built for for then ping me. And I think I'm just going to deprecate yeah, sure. that now because this this looks much better and it's part of the framework. So it's code that I don't have yeah. to maintain anymore. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, next up, that. we have from uh, from Lito is their GitHub name. This is adding a when table has column and when table doesn't have column on the schema builder. So previously, you would have had to do some uh, wrangling if you wanted to check, like if if schema doesn't have a column specific, and then you do a check in there. You could then do some actions based on the presence or lack thereof of a column name. This is all being condensed down into a simple closure-based uh, scenario where can you do where you can do when table doesn't have column name or when table does or when table has column and then carry out some option or some functionality there inside of a closure. So another one of those quality of life improvements when we're just condensing condensing and collapsing things. Uh, next up, we've got one from Tim Martin. Uh, Tim has brought in the ability to make the throttle lock acquisition retry time configurable. So depending on context, this was previously set to 750 milliseconds and it was just a hard and fast 750 milliseconds. So now there's Mm -hmm. a new retry wait command, which will allow you to specify, uh, sorry, it was retry wait, Taylor renamed it to sleep um, just to be more consistent with other functionality in the framework. So you can now specify the the wait time for waiting for a, a throttle lock to be acquired. So well done to Tim there. We've also had another nice little quality of life improvement from uh, Yuri Boven. 
And this one previously, if you are adding jobs to a batch, if you just wanted to add a single job, you still had to pass that as an array of jobs. So whether it was one job, uh, one job or multiple jobs, um, and this is adding to already dispatched batches. So now you can just pass the the new job instance rather than having to pass it as an array. So again, nice little quality of life touch up there. We've also got a new one from Max Gitting um, on mailables, which adds a new has subject, which is a complementary method to the existing has to, cc, bcc, and from methods, allowing for easier code readability in your tests. So thanks to Max for that one. On that same kind of vein, we've got uh, from Italo added a new is equal method to the file system or the file facade, which allows you to compare file hashes between two different files to determine if a file is, uh, you know, if it's the same or if it's, you know, whether it's been, whether it exists and the hash is the same or if it's been changed. So this allows you to do an is equal check on that in one go. We've also got another one here. This has been added to the stringable. This is from Paul. And Paul added a PR to add a new, well, to add a new line method to the stringable class, which instead of having to append slash ends um, and chaining this over and over again, you've just got a nice new method for, for new line. And that will handle putting this all together for you. And that, I believe, will handle using the correct, yeah, it's using the PHP end of line constant. So if you're on Windows or if you're on on Linux, um, it'll handle all of that correctly for you as well, which is super handy. Another another Ukrainian gentleman, so Slava, nice. Slava Ukraini, as they say these days. I don't know what that means. Can you help me understand? Yeah, Slava Ukraini is uh, glory to Ukraine. There we go. I'm not going to try and say it because <laughs> I will probably say it wrong, but I am with you in spirit, my friend. Excellent. Okay. Hey, we're going to move on to news then, which is another release. The Laravel team released the next major version of the Laravel Valet. Uh, package version 3.0 and this version introduces uh, the ability to run multiple versions of php in valet side by side love it okay so matt stalfer posted there's a really exciting new feature and that he's every he's spent every evening for the last week reviewing mm-hmm. and reworking a huge pull request on this so to update make sure you update your global valet constraint to be greater than 3.0, run composer global update Laravel slash valet, run valet install, and then you're done. That's it. That's the upgrade guide. That's yeah, that's all it is. Very straightforward. Three commands from your command line, and you're all set to go. So what does this give you? So previously with valet, you could um, switch which version of PHP was being used by just doing valet use PHP at 7.2, right? Or PHP at 8.1 or PHP at 8.0 or whatever. All right, so if you were in a site that needed to be using PHP 7.4, whatever, you could do that. You could use that switch command. But now you can do this on a per site mm-hmm. basis using the following command. So you can say valet, or sorry, CD to the app, the particular location of the app in which you want to be serving with a particular version of PHP. And then you run valet, isolate, and then the PHP version that you want to run that project in. So let's say I have a project called Michael that I want to run in a old version of PHP. So I'm going to say I'm going to CD to that Michael app and I'm going to valet isolate PHP at 7.4. Then I'm going to go to a, another site called Jake and I'm going to say valet isolate PHP at 8.0. So this also, uh, another cool thing it does is it will also install the PHP version if it's not already installed, nice. uh, which is pretty neat. Uh, so after isolating a site, you can see that when you go to serve it, 
it will serve it using the particular version of PHP that you isolated it to. So 7.4 for Michael, 8.1 for Jake, uh, et cetera. All right, so another challenge you might run into with this is setting up how your CLI commands are going to run. Because if you have, like, for example, if your composer.json file has PHP 8.1 as a constraint in your composer file, and you're running PHP 7.4 in your command line, and you're trying to run composer install, PHP, whatever, or I guess, yeah, or PHP artisan, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to complain if you're not using the correct version of PHP. So Matt has got a suggestion. Actually, Matt, writing this one up? No, this is Paul. Paul has a suggestion on how you can get around that using some sim links to the brew version of PHP in your path, and then you can get around it that way. Okay, so in addition to that, Nico Verbruggen, who has written PHP Monitor for Mac OS, which I use all the time, every mm-hmm. single day, he also released PHP Monitor 5.2, and this has support for Valet 3, which makes managing those isolated versions a really big, or not makes really it much big, easier here. A really small hassle. It's not a hassle at all. In <laughs> not fact. At all. It's a breeze, right? Yeah. Not at all. All right. So uh, it adds support for, for uh, Valet 3, and you can set a version per domain. To upgrade that, you just brew, upgrade, PHP Mon, right? PHP Monitor, PHP M-O-N. So you can check out the change log for that for PHP Monitor 5.2. Uh, again, really, really, really simple to get uh, running on Valet 3. I'm definitely going to do this probably tonight before I go to sleep, even though it's 11 o'clock almost. Um, I, like I said, I use PHP Monitor all the time, but I, I actually pretty regularly have to switch between 7.5. I have one, one site remaining on 7.4. One. I have to upgrade it, and then the rest of them are on 8, except for one, which is on 8.1. So I, we're, we moved everything to 8. Now we're moving everything to 8.1. So like mm-hmm. I'm, in this pro, you know, I'm in this change uh, where I do need to be able to switch between these quite easily. And so being able to isolate those sites and you can just say or run it with a default version, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's not isolated specifically, then it's just going to run 8.0 by default, right? And then I can say run 7.4 in this isolated site, run 8.1 in this isolated site. So I don't have to ever have to change my PHP version anymore, which yeah, would be pretty perfect. sweet. Yeah, really excited about that. Okay, moving in. And also, you know what we did not shout out at the beginning of the show is Scout APM, who is sponsoring the show, which we're really, really excited about. Again, they are back as a sponsor. We're going to talk about them in a couple of minutes. But Michael, go ahead. On to packages, my friend. Indeed. So first up here, we have uh, using Laravel Dusk in order to test your JavaScript-based applications. So Laravel Husk is a thin, light scaffolded Laravel Dusk environment that allows you to test JavaScript applications with PHP using PEST without scaffolding an entire Laravel application. Once you follow the very simple installation instructions, you can write Dusk feature tests like any other application using Dusk. You'll have a browser folder, and inside of that folder, you can run your Dusk test suite with the following commands. So you start your JavaScript application using npn run dev, and then you run php application pest colon Dusk. There is an example of a test from a Nuxt application using Husk for end-to-end feature tests. Uh, This is something that I'm going to need to look at because... My day job, we have an open API backend and we've got a like a Nuxt-based front-end in separate repositories. And so whilst my main job at the moment is setting up tests for all of the backend stuff, we don't have any automation for the front-end tests. And there's no real easy way when you have separate repositories for those two things to kind of like test the whole integration between them. So I'm definitely going to start this one to have a look at during the week to see if we can get something in place um, in the future for this kind of stuff because that'll make things very nice. 
So is the concept that you would have here that you would run the Nuxt front end locally and then you'd run this up against it, your mm -hmm. Husk application? Yeah. Or would you actually have like a QA or a staging server that you'd run this against? I suppose you could really do either, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I predominantly focus on the, the back end side of things in terms of working mm -hmm. on, on the API and whatnot. And then we've got another team responsible for the front end. So it'd be good to, to have the integration between the two um, at some point. And if that means that it's just in the CI environment, um, then that you know so be it but um, sometimes you know you're making back-end changes that you need to make sure that everything still works in the front end so this will be very useful especially in, okay. in terms of like tying the two environments together yeah yeah no that makes total sense and actually my brother works at a place where they don't have like any i think the only thing they have is like very manual qa testing yeah which and is what so we're if you could like now. Ex automate some of that that'd be really really helpful yeah at least at least some of the basic stuff like hey let's let's nail down how we test this every single time and what we expect and then mm -hmm. we can just worry about testing the new stuff really thoroughly right so okay moving on so we've got uh, a couple packages that we've talked about recently one of them was i think env uh it was like envy or something NV, it yep. monitors your env mm -hmm. values yeah to check and make sure that you're not using any values in your configs that aren't in your env or you know vice versa like you can purge out envs that aren't being used anywhere that are in your env example etc cetera, etc cetera. and i feel like i'm finding a couple more of these packages that do similar things so this the laravel translations checker package finds the missing translations in the languages that you support so using this package is really easy all you have to do is run this cli check so php artisan translations check and then what it'll do is it will look to see if you have any of your language files, like so if you had, I don't know, say en.js, right, is your Spanish strings. Mm -hmm. And it's going to tell you, oh, you're missing the translation key that is en.passwords.reset. And so you're going to have to go in and set that, right? And so uh, this package supports looking for translations in both PHP and JSON translation files. The README has a really nice example of checking for missing translations uh, that you can add into a GitHub action. So this is the other thing that I think is really cool too, is that you can run these things when you're pushing to production or just before you're pushing to production. So even if it's something that you didn't remember to run uh, before you pushed your branch, uh, it will go ahead and do it when it's in GitHub, right? So this is something you can do with Envy as well. You have a, they have like a little pre-configured, here's a little GitHub action you can run for Envy. We have the same thing here for this uh, missing translations checker. And then I'm going to mention one more, which we were actually going to talk about at the end of the show. And I apologize that my dishwasher here is freaking out <laughs> if you're hearing that. So this is this Laravel config validator. So this allows you to validate your config files and environment. This is similar, uh, I think, in a similar vein to Envy that we talked about, uh, except for there's this idea of validation rule sets. And so anyway, I think it's, you know, again, it's basically one of these tools where it's going to go through and it's going to make sure that all of your stuff is set up correctly and isn't missing any values mm -hmm. so that your app isn't going to just crash in production because you forgot to set one config correctly, right? So it looks really, really comprehensive. And uh, I think it's, again, one of those tools that could be run in your uh, continuous integration environment that might be really helpful. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Okay. Excellent. Back to you. And next up, we have Visit, which is a beautiful HTTP CLI tool for humans. It's a tool written by our friends over at Sparsi that allows you to see a HTTP response in a beautiful way. So it's like curl, but for humans. 
Uh, so with curl, you know, you just get this giant glob of HTML if you make a request to an endpoint and it doesn't really give you anything. And by default, it's not going to follow redirects and things like that. Whereas with this tool from Sparsi called Visit, you get the thing that you actually care about, which is in the instance of a, a homepage, the HTML output. Um, it will be color-coded, you know, syntax highlighted. It'll handle colorizing JSON output as well. Um, it allows you to do filtering of JSON endpoints using dot notation, if you're familiar with that from, from a Laravel context. And you can even reach into your Laravel apps and report the number of queries and models retrieved to build up the response. So it'll give you, you know, those debug bar kind of asset, uh, debug bar kind of statistics rather. Um, so it's very simple. You just use visit and then the URL and off it goes and does what it needs to do to tell you the duration, to tell you the response code um, and the request that was carried out. So there's a whole bunch of different stuff that you can do there. Um, it will even handle, it comes with a, a plugin so you can use use it directly with Artisan and you can visit your endpoints directly within your application. It will show exceptions and things like that. So a uh, very comprehensive tool, very useful if you're testing from the command line, you know, JSON APIs and things like that without having to bring up Postman or Insomnia or whatever else and, and hit that in, in your testing tools of choice. So definitely check that out. Um, Freik van der Herden, who created the package, wrote an in-depth blog post about the package that has more details. So you can check that out. We'll have links to all of these things in the show notes. Awesome. Uh, coming up next, we've been talking about filament uh, a little bit here, which is a tall stack admin panel. And so here we've got a table builder, which is a tall stack table component. And you can use this table component as a standalone package, but it's also included in the filament uh, admin panel. So using the packages has table interface and interacts with tables trait. You can quickly add or build a table backed by an eloquent query that you define. So not necessarily just an eloquent model, right? But we're talking an eloquent query. So then you say, just get table query, you specify what the query should be. And then you have a render which specifies the view that's going to get rendered there. And it has customizable pagination, record searching with Laravel Scout, clickable rows, empty state. Uh, you can store table state in the query string. So that's nice. You can copy that, share that with somebody, and they'll get exactly where you were at, right? Instead of having to manually kind of for try and set the same filters that you had before. It's got table column types like text columns, image columns, Boolean columns, et cetera, table filters, actions, and bulk actions. So if you want to learn more about that one, you can check that out in the show notes if you happen to be using filament i'm sure this is a welcome addition for those of you who are who are in that world i haven't i'm still yet to try out filament i haven't mm -hmm. tried it out read a lot about it seen a lot about it uh i'm a nova man right now uh but i would love to try this one out and eventually yeah I probably will speaking just quickly on nova the new version of that version 4 is due to drop this week probably around the time yes. this recording comes out so keep your eyes on that i think Pretty exciting Absolutely. from memory if you had purchased uh, a license since I think the Black Friday sales last year or the Cyber Monday sales last year, I think you'll be eligible for a version 4 upgrade. So definitely keep your ear to the ground if you've been waiting on a new version of Nova. That'll be out around the time of this recording coming out. Very cool. And now, as you mentioned, our friends at Scout APM are back. Scout APM is application performance monitoring designed to help PHP developers quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headaches or overhead of enterprise platform feature bloat. With a developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties bottlenecks to source code, Scout helps you quickly pinpoint and resolve performance abnormalities like N plus one queries, slow database queries, and memory bloat. 
This helps you spend less time debugging and more time building your applications. And with real-time alerting and weekly digest emails, you can rest easier knowing that Scout's on watch to help you resolve performance issues before your customers ever see them. You can give Scout a try today with a free 14-day trial and experience firsthand why PHP developers the world over call Scout their best friend. And for Laravel News listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy your app using Scout APM. You can learn more at scoutapm.com forward slash Laravel News. Thanks to Scout. Thank you, Scout. Appreciate it. We've got another package here, which is the Laravel Facebook Graph API. So this is by Joel Butcher. And this is a Laravel integration for the Graph PHP 8 SDK project. It makes it easy to integrate the PHP SDK, which is provided by the same author, Joel Butcher, and Facebook login into your Laravel project. So after you install the package and configure your app, you can use the provided Facebook facade to access the Facebook API. So all you have to do is call Facebook colon colon get user, pass in some params, and there's some in, uh, there's some uh, included code in here where you're passing in you know your ID secret just like you normally would do. You're going to authenticate with this, and then you're going to ask for some data, and you're going to get it back. And so that's uh, available for any of you who happen to be interacting with Facebook in that way. Uh, this is going to abstract some of the the more messy bits for you, and it's a really really nice clean API. So thanks Joel Butcher for that. Excellent. Next up, we have the Given When Then plugin for Pest. This is a plugin that brings behavioral style testing to Pest. GWT is a simple API that allows you to structure your tests focused on the behavior. Given When Then, separation makes the test easier to understand at a glance. Behavior-driven testing using GWT can help clarify three distinct steps while testing code, which includes one, arranging the application state, which is the given method. Two is the act phase. And when, uh, sorry, the act phase, which is when, and three, the outcome phase, which is then, which asserts the expected outcome of the previous steps. And um, the repo includes a number of examples for GWT style tests for PEST to help you get started. And you can learn more about the package and get full installation instructions. We'll have that all in the show notes. I think this is exceptionally useful for those sort of shorter tests, the things that, that are very high level that you're trying to bring in at the start just to sort of get some test coverage into your application before you start drilling down into unit tests and more comprehensive feature tests and things like that. It allows you to kind of, um, at a very high level in, in that kind of Gherkin or BDD type syntax to sort of say like, given when then and around your scenarios. So it just makes it really easy to to test those things out in just like little one-liners um, using short closures in PHP. I mean, you can use larger... Um, assertion methods and things like that but i think to get you started with testing and to get those those quick wins and and some assurance in in sort of the functioning of application this is really cool i love that it feels like pest has opened up a whole new set of problems to solve Mm -hmm. right because what i feel like we've seen a lot of around the whole pest uh community there is people just being really concerned about different ways to cleanly write the tests right. that you want, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's less about like, let's just get the tests written and make sure things are working and more about let's make sure that the person coming behind us can actually read the tests that we're writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's, um, it's just, uh, it's really cool to see that there's so much work being put into making these tests really, really great and not just like a chore that you have to do, but something that can actually even be enjoyable. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't think people would be spending as much time doing all these. I mean, how many plugins are there for past? Yeah, there's tons there's of apes, them, right? It's like a, is that, yeah. 
it's just like a whole new world. Um, whereas previous to this, it was only really like framework stuff that was hacking on test things, right? Mm-hmm. It, so Pest is just a whole brand new thing. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Okay, moving on. Um, we have got a package called Splat, which is a utility by Chris Kankowikazis. Kankiewicz. Oh, Kankiewicz. How do you know that? How do you do that stuff? I mean, that's a Polish name, so that one's pretty easy. It's Polish? Yeah. Yeah. Krzyzewski was the one that I always grew up with. I had a buddy. <laughs> Tyler, this is a shout out to you, buddy. Tyler Krzyzewski. K-R-Z-E-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. I mean, you Krzyzewski. can spell it, which is, which is half the battle. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Novacic. N-O-W-A-C-Z-Y-K. I remember it because I like took the time to memorize them because I was like, they're such odd spelled names. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I just, you know, I don't know. Anyway, those are two of my good buddies that had really, really crazy last names. But yeah, you just read that one, Kankevich. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. Kankevich. Never, never happening. Anyway, Chris Kankevich, I'm glad one of us knows how to say your name. Great job. <laughs> okay, so this provides glob-like file and pattern matching. Um, so the pattern one is what we're going to start with. So with this, what it does is it basically allows you to say, and I feel like I've seen a couple little things like this before, but it allows you to say, Here's what I'm looking for. I'm going to make a pattern like this and then basically arrow to regex, right? Mm-hmm. And then just write the regex for me, right? So you're going to say something like pattern, uh, colon, colon, make foo, arrow to regex. And it's going to give you a pattern that would match. I want to see foo in this, right? Or you can say pattern make foo slash bar dot txt to regex. And that will give you the regex uh, for that. Or you could say file dot and then in brackets, YML or YAML to regex. And it's going to give you what that's going to look like, right? So so basically, you can say, I am going to specify a particular pattern and then I want you to give me the regex that's going to be represented by that. Now, the reason why we start with that is because that is, I believe, what's going to be getting used under the hood when we're using this next portion, which is glob. So I don't know where I learned about glob before is there like is there like a um I think isn't there something in PHP just called glob mm-hmm. yeah glob. which will navigate through a file tree right? yeah and you can just specify yeah, it's kind of like a wild this. card exactly thing, right yeah mm-hmm. yeah right exactly so a glob is something like you know how you do sometimes if you're searching through your file system on your Mac or your Windows you say like star.txt mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that right well this is sort of that uh so you can say glob in and you can say star.txt, and then you can specify as the second argument a file path. Now, this requ- requires or returns a Symfony Finder component, which I believe is what Laravel uses behind its file system facade. Yeah. Is Symfony's uh, Finder component. So this is not storage, right? This is not fly system. This is just local storage that we're talking about here, right? So we can say glob match start, glob match end. And you can even specify things like I want to go in and do star star slash star dot txt, right? So any directory, any subdirectory dot txt, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you can do all sorts of different crazy pattern matches on that. And it'll basically filter and reject arrays of file names based on what pattern you give it and what uh, you pass as the path. I used to use this all the time. And this was something I really missed when we switched to starting to use uh, storage everywhere. Because we didn't want to have to have our uh, files all stored locally because, you know, you migrate servers or a server goes down and your storage is stuck on that server. You have to get it all off. And so now we only use storage everywhere instead. Uh, But that's one of the this is one of those things that I really missed. And um, 
So anyway, here it is in a brand new package for you to utilize and consume to your heart's content. Perfect. So thank you very much, Chris Kinkevich. Speaking of packages and moving into the warm embrace of the community section, the first Indeed. one we have here is a package called Convoy. Um, it's from at Legodian on GitHub. This package allows you to declare routes inside of your full page at Laravel LiveWire components. All you have to do is create a route method inside of your LiveWire components, which returns a Laravel route. The package will automatically detect the route. And the package also works perfectly alongside traditional Laravel route files and even allows you to cache them. That's 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 what it is. So you can, as, as I said, create a route method inside of your full page LiveWire component that uses all of the familiar get, name, middleware, all of those methods that you know and love. And it allows you to co- co-locate that inside of your LiveWire components. We've spoken previously about how I feel about kind of littering these things in in quotes across your application. So it may work for you, it might not work for you, but uh, it's definitely another option if that is something that is of interest to you. It is. It's just interesting. It's again, it's like one of these, and I I brought it in because I just, I love the idea of some of these experiments. You never Mm -hmm. know where these sort of things are going to end up, right? I mean, this is what LiveWise started out as, right? Caleb Porzio just like, hey, I'm going to try something crazy here. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this like live wire thing. Or same thing with Alpine. I'm just going to try something crazy here. Like, and that's that's how these projects typically start out. It's just like mm-hmm. I have this crazy idea. I have no idea if it's going to work out, but I just this scratches my own itch, and so I'm going to try it, right? And so I love these sorts of like experiments, and I love that Laravel is flexible enough to allow you to do these things, mm-hmm. right? It's like literally your world is your sandbox here. Right. And so it's cool because inside this component, you just have a route method and then you can specify your routes right inside there. And I'm guessing what this does, this package does, is it scans any of your components for methods, or sorry, for your, uh, it scans your live wire components for anything that has a method of route, right? And then chucks them into your route file, obviously, mm-hmm. right? So that's pretty cool. So along with this, we've got Lucid, which is another package by the same author. And this allows you to declare database migrations and factory definitions inside of your Laravel models. Again, Michael, I'm with you on this one. Like, would I do this myself? I would not, mm-hmm. but it's interesting, right? So it's co-locating the code that belongs. I mean, it's it's co-locating the code with the model in any case. Right? I, don't know, I don't know if I want to say it belongs there. Mm-hmm. But like I will say too that I will sometimes flip between my migrations and my and my model to kind of see what fields are there, what type they are, et cetera, right? And so if you just had your migrations straight inside of your model, I mean, that might be interesting. There's some interesting things there. And then the definitions as well, the definitions for your factories. So I don't know. It's just interesting, right? I mean, what if you made it as like a, trait then or something i don't know i I don't know it's just interesting so take it for what it's worth use it if you'd want to but i just wanted to feature them because i thought that was some pretty cool stuff so legodian 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 yeah legodian thanks legodian Mm -hmm. cool stuff Uh, okay Uh, we talked about the config validator a little bit so we can move on from that one Mm. this tutorial the last thing that we've got here to talk about is how to set up and scale the perfect websocket server for your laravel project so this is written by simon ellenson it's a big big post uh, it's about 15 minutes to read. It's on the About You Tech blog. And this goes into um, whether you want to push instead of polling, how to find the right WebSocket backend for Laravel. It talks about the different options, the scalability, the licensing, the uh, technology behind each of them um, using Laravel's Echo Server or Sockety or Laravel WebSockets and, and how to get it set up and running in all of these things. So I won't, won't go into too much detail, but uh, if you've, you know, we spoke about WebSockets a bit in the previous episode. So 
definitely if you're looking at some different options there and you're not really sure what you want to use and how to go about it, this this is a pretty comprehensive post that goes into all of those details. So uh, definitely definitely check this one out uh, from friends of the show at About You. Absolutely. Okay, folks. Well, hey, that wraps us up. This was episode 164. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 164. If you liked the show, please rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be much appreciated. Hit us up on Twitter at Michael Durand, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. Thanks again to our sponsors, Scout APM. Check them out if you have not done so. Uh, really, really great stuff. ScoutAPM.com slash Laravel News. Okay, folks, till next time, have a wonderful one, and we'll see you next week. Two Bye. weeks. Two, Two weeks. A fortnight. Bye. 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 Bye.